Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. You heard the man. It is the Lombardi line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're brought to you by BetMGM. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. As we say hi, we conclude week four. Rams, San Francisco. That number is sitting right now anywhere between two and actually one and a half and two. As we say good morning, good afternoon to Michael Lombardi. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm great, Patrick. How are you today on this Monday morning here after the all the game and watching bad quarterback play in the National Football League? How are you doing today? It's so your synopsis or the theme coming out of yesterday was bad quarterback play. I was going to ask boy. you, do you still have a voice left from screaming at the TV, take the points, take the points, take the points, uh, <laughs> including your boy John that. Harbaugh? I've yeah, given up yeah. that. I mean, I mean, you know, it's just I, I think to me it's it's a you know, it's now popular to do it. Ten years ago, if you did it, you gotten fired. You know, now it's applauded. Even though you lose, it's applauded. And uh, I think managing the game still is a lost art. I think we saw that in New England play Green Bay with a bat, with a third-string quarterback. I think there's a very few people that understand that. I think what we talked about on the show yesterday, watching the Minnesota-New Orleans game, very few of these young offensive coaches call the game like head coaches. And that messes up the game, and it messes up the game management. But... I think at the end of the day, when I reflect back on Sunday, I think I saw a lot of bad quarterbacks. I saw high school games, really. No disrespect to high school games. Uh, I mean, Atlanta won a game, they threw seven completions. In the Chicago-New York Giants game, there were only 20 completions. I, I mean, I don't know if you could get worse quarterbacking play that's going on out there. I mean, Carolina, Arizona in the first half, and then Carolina in the second half, you can't get any worse quarterbacking play. MVP Mitch, you know, Patrick, I want to just remind you, he got rehabbed in Buffalo. I don't know if you know that. He everything When he went to Buffalo, everything became different, just so you keep that in mind. Mm. It yeah. was horrendous. Maybe it's the tropical weather in Buffalo. Most people go there for a getaway up in Buffalo. Well, okay, a couple of things, uh, a couple, three things for you, and then we'll get to Monday night. So let's start with the quarterbacks. Pickett. In for Trubisky. The question is, will he continue to be? And he was 10 of 13, of course, the three picks. One thing I will say, at least Pickett got them into the end zone where Trubisky on his seven drives, he did not. My assumption is we move forward with Pickett and stop the charade. What would you say? Yeah, I, I would say this. I would say what probably, and I don't know this because I have not talked to Mike Tomlin, but I would say what Mike Tomlin got really upset about was the fact that he practiced against what the Jets was doing. They called plays against what the Jets were doing, and he couldn't execute. And for Tomlin, basically, like, look, they're doing nothing out there that we didn't practice against, and you're not executing. Like, at some point, you just get so frustrated and say, to hell with it. Like, I can't operate this way. Like, we need completions. Like, I was surprised Matt Rule stayed with Baker Mayfield as long as he did in that game. I mean, that was a pain. Look, I, I've got a vested interest in watching that game. That was painful. It was hard. I don't know if you can get any poorer play out of a quarterback than you. I mean, I, I'm not blaming it on him, but there were wide open guys that he never threw the ball to. 
They were wide open guys. He threw the ball to them. They didn't even hit him with. DJ Moore was wide open. He threw it six feet behind him. So for me, I, I think Mike just got fed up. He's like, we practiced this. You can't execute it even after we practiced it. You know, I, I of course, your son coaching uh, with that Carolina staff, so I take special interest in that team as well. And one thing I will say about Baker, 22 of 36 overall, a touchdown and two picks. What I noticed was a lot of it was against a four-man rush, and he wasn't any better. So he's not, even when he's not getting pressured, he's not making the right throws or decisions. He's just not playing very well right now. He's not playing well at all, Patrick. I mean, let's be honest here. He's not playing well at all. I mean, he's got, I think I said on the pot, I think he's got like 64 completions for the season. I mean, and, and, and some of those were in the game. Like yesterday, any yards that he had yesterday were completely, completely uh, against, you know, when the game was over. This is how yeah, bad right. the quarterback, this is how bad the quarterbacking play was yesterday. I'm going to give you, I would give you 20 guesses, okay? You'll, you won't get this to guess this answer. But tell me, based on QBR, who was the best quarterback yesterday that you watched? Geno Smith. Close. No. Um, give me the answer. Daniel Jones. <laughs> Wait, Daniel Jones wasn't even playing quarterback at the end of the game. The, the running back. That was a high school game. The two teams combined for 20 completions. And he is the best quarterback according to QBR. Mahomes was. So what you're saying is we can throw out the QBR stat is what you're saying. Throw it out. It's completely ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Like this is the best. Daniel Jones. I mean, you got to pass the eye test before you can get to this, right? I mean, Justin Herbert was third. Okay, Patrick Mahomes was fourth. I can make the argument that Mahomes was the best quarterback. You can make the argument Jared Geno Smith was. I don't care. But Daniel Jones had the highest QBR of anybody? He did nothing to help his team win other than he ran the ball. I mean, like, seriously. Those runs were called. They weren't like he didn't make seven people miss. <laughs> it, it's, it, but that's the point. That's how bad quarterbacking was yesterday. Yeah, well, you also – we haven't even talked about a team that now for three straight games – has been pitiful. It's probably time to move on from the head coach. The quarterback is a statue. The offensive line is a sieve. Do you want to take a guess at who that is? I'll play your little game here. You want to? So Frank the coach Wright. should be fired. Frank Wright. Uh, yeah, Frank not Wright. Not bad. How about Washington? Rivera, no, I, Wentz, and that offensive front. Washington right now is a freaking disaster. And how about the owners on the sideline? I thought he wasn't involved with the team. He's got a picture of himself on the sideline. He's out if he's back from Elba. I, I didn't. I thought he was over in Elba. I, I didn't understand it. <laughs> I thought. I mean, it was he in flew sync. back from Elba he for had, the he, game. And he, he, he had frosted tips too. He he dyed his hair blonde, which was cool. And then Good. what they did? Daniel Snyder took a picture with your boy Jera Jones. They took a picture and put it up on Washington Commander social. Why do you think he did that? Because he wanted to let everybody know. Hey, look, Jerry's in my corner. When just earlier this week there were questions about potentially removing him, I mean that that franchise is a disaster. The Commanders one and three. Uh, they're complete disaster, complete disaster. They've got no chance at win. I mean none, because they don't even know what winning looks like. I mean, Patrick, they had 137 yards of penalties yesterday. Washington. Hold yeah. on, hold on. I mean, hold on. Let's keep the let's keep the theme going. This is from Felica. The Bears are averaging 97 and a half passing yards per game. The last time any team averaged less than 100 was 1977. <laughs> you can't say a bad word about Justin Fields. It's you're not allowed to because no, you know he was, he was picked steal. and he was sensational and and he was one of the best Twitter says he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever come out in the draft. And I believe Twitter. I believe him. When Twitter says it, I believe it, you know? And so like like that was a high school game. I mean, that truly was a – I mean, I, I thought that should have – they should have at halftime. You know what should have happened at the Giant-Bears game? They should have said, okay, enough. We're taking this game over, and we're going to move it over to a high school field because that's where this game belongs is on a high school field with stands, hot dogs in the corner, Pepsi's machine. You want some pretzels? We got that too. Everybody get together. We're going to have a high school game going on because I'm insulting high schools when I say that. That's how bad the passing games were in that game. So in summation, you had a good Sunday. You enjoyed it. Loved it. I made. I, I hey, said this on my wait, podcast. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm hold so on. happy. 
Okay, go ahead. I am so happy. I, I, I want a week four update. Okay, week four update. I made it through yesterday. Not a sound in my house other than Bella snore. Not a sound in my house. The entire day, from the time I got home at 1230 until I went to bed, not a, there, was a, there was nothing coming out of the TV, and I've gone four weeks without hearing Scott Hansen's voice. Four weeks. But were you meditating all day? Were you met? Were you on? No, I had this. I had to. I had. I had this. I had the ticket on. I had the, this. I had the. I had the red zone on the ones thing. I had the sound off, and I had a game on sound off. I was going back and forth. Wonderful day. Perfect. I, hate, day. hate hate to, hate to be critical, but it does appear that this Hanson fellow likes himself some Chris Hanson. Right, he does appear Scott. to have a bit. He does. And he, you oh, know, he. Pardon me. He was Scott. He was at he, the he Ralph appears Hay. To be a big fan of himself. He was at the Ralph Hay automobile dealership in Canton when they all sat around and decided to come up with what was then called the American Football Conference. Uh, you know, and then eventually became, <laughs> he was in that room. <laughs> You're clowning. You're fooling. Um, one, th- I mean, you should be happy. We, the, <laughs> that's honestly. Tell that's me why I should be happy. Up. Because the Raiders won, and they got Devontae oh, in the mix. With that. And, and, was, and they actually, I mean, you know but what, this you know, is a one-and-three team that could be pretty good. I'm a perpetual Billy Joel song on Sundays. I mean, it's either sadness or euphoria. I can't get it just euphoria. You know, it's, I'm Summer Highland Falls. I mean, that's all I am every Sunday. I can't get it, you know. And so, but I was happy for the Raiders. I'm very upset for Matthew, Matt Rule. Matt Rule's taking that, Matt, that Rule, that team in Carolina is a lot better than he inherited. Now he didn't fix the quarterback, and that's pretty clear, right? You can't you can't get any worse than than what Baker played yesterday. You just can't. You just can't. Uh, but I, I was happy for the Raiders. What I was happy about with the Raider game mostly was when the game was on the line, and they had a chance. You know, as you and I talk about all the time, how many points you need to win, and when can you take, and when can you win the game? And that happened in the about the top of the fourth quarter. And they ran a they ran an, a, a like a lead play, and the left guard just whiffed on the block, and DJ Jones tackled Jacobs for a three and a half yard loss. So now it's second and thirteen, right? Second and thirteen, and McDaniel's instead of calling the game to get into third and manageable, he calls it. He gets Devontae Adams in the slot inside, and he runs kind of like a slant rub in there, and they play in zone to it. First down, that won the game. I heard the drums. <laughs> Wait, so what you're telling me is the Red Zone Cat created football. He was there with Ralph Hay at the Ralph Hay Automobile dealership. That's in Canton, in case you didn't know that. Yeah, he was there on the floorboard. They had to sit on the cars because there was no seats, so they all sat around. He was there. We're back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Oh, I'm laughing. Goofy start to the show. It's, it's, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. That's BetMGM Sports. Has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Bring your state-issued ID to any MGM property there on the Strip in Nevada. And when you do, you're ready to bet. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. I'm getting hit from all sides. I got Felico you know, over here clowning. You know I got how many, Lombardi over here clowning. Go you ahead. know how many kids were watching football yesterday, 10, 11, 12, and they watched how bad the quarterbacks played? They're like... I can do that. I got a chance. I mean, one thing about playing bad on Sunday, you a whole generation is optimistic about playing. I mean, when you watch Peyton Manning play quarterback or Montana, he's like, I don't think I can do that, right? I don't think I can do that. But you watch Justin Fields, oh, I could do that. I could do that. Maybe I can't throw it as far as he can. Felica had the line of the day. that There should have been a bake sale. We should have gone over to Don Bosco's prep and, and had Bergen Catholic. We, it would have been perfect. <laughs> well, one thing I do know when I watch Geno Smith, I know I can't do that. All of a sudden, the highest completion percentage through three ga- through four games in history, over 77%. And by the way, I asked you this in a text last night. If Seattle's <laughs> the worst team in football, what are the Detroit Lions? I, the idea that, and this is why we are all just lemmings. We watch hard knocks and you believe that this team is going to be like Campbell is a clown who is masquerading as a tough guy. The defense is the worst in football, and the team just got dropped 50 on them by Geno Smith, essentially, and the Seattle Seahawks. Let's be fair. Let's be fair about this. Let's be fair. They, they, I mean, they, they, let's be fair for the Lions defense. They, they didn't force a punt. Oh, that's right. That's not good, is it? Yeah. They didn't force a punt the whole day. You know, they only had nine possessions, (sighs) Seattle. Only had nine possessions in the game. I mean, they were efficient with those those possessions. I mean, look, they're holding teams to fifty seven percent on fourth down. That's not bad. I mean, you got to look. They give up five point six a rush. That's not bad. I mean, it's remarkable. We, I don't think, and I don't mean this any disrespect to Geno, but I'm not sure you could put cones. In. I, I went to Jake Locker's workout, and he was like perfect on every throw. And uh, you know, or go to the combine, and they throw the seven cut at the combine, and it never gets complete. It's like a third and ten. Oh, we're punting. Like for me, I, I think it's hard, even against air, to have Geno Smith go for his only throwing five incomplete passes. I mean, it's hard. It's remarkable. I feel bad now. I shouldn't have called him a clown. I just don't think he's a head coach. I'll move on from that. The dogs yesterday, eight, five, and one ATS. The dogs clipping around 57% as far as the season. The overs did cash eight and six. However, the under is still a little over 58%. We had an over in primetime last night, Michael. So the unders are eight and four in primetime. Speaking of primetime, let's do this, and then we'll get to the Bills and Ravens. This number opened the look ahead this summer with Trey Lance, supposedly to be under center. San Francisco was one and a half point favorite. The opener hit the board this week with San Francisco, the same price, Jimmy G under center at minus a point and a half early play pushed San Francisco up to minus two and a half. And now we've seen that number driven back down to the Niners laying a point and a half, 69% of the bets and 67% of the handle on the Rams. That's the line machination. Do you have a response? Well, I, I think this will be a really this will be a game, a second road game in a row for the Rams, and you know Sean McVay's not always been very good against them. You know he's had trouble with the speed of the 49er defense, and this is a fast defense, and this is a defense that can run to the football like no one before. You know, and they're really good at being able to uh, 
keep you from the end zone. They've only given up 12 points a game. You know, they barely give up any points in the first. They've given up no points in the first quarter. And they're going to tax this Ram offensive line. They really are. And, and Stafford has been prone to turn the ball over. And so we're going to see how this all works out. I, I, I like San Francisco tonight a lot. I think, you know, I worry about their left tackle position. Can they protect over there? You know, but they're going to have to do a lot of things. They're going to have to run the football, play their conservative way. They seem to scheme against the Rams pretty well. This is kind of like a, an old homecoming. Raheem Morris was with Kyle Shanahan in Tampa. The, McVay was down there. They all were together. They were in Washington together, so they know each other. It'll be a fun game. I just think the Rams, I just really think when you break the game down, it goes to the injury report. And I think when you look at that, you know, the Rams lost their offensive, they lost a guard in there. He's on IR. They're kind of beat up. The guy that worries me the most is the fact that they don't have Al Sharir. He's out with a knee. He's not going to come back. Armstead is supposed to play. We'll see if he does. I think those are two critical injuries that they got, that they got to overcome. Shanahan has dominated McVay in the regular season. However, remember, this is a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game where San Francisco was a dropped interception away from moving on to the Super Bowl. However, Shanahan 8-3 and ATS versus McVay was perfect 3-0 and in the regular, excuse me, 3-0 and overall yesterday, last year against uh, McVay. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get your full take. We've got plenty more to come here on the Lombardi line. Let's back up to yesterday. Baltimore could be 4-0. and They're not. They're 2-2. Two and they had two huge fourth-quarter leads at home that they coughed up. Yesterday, Harbaugh goes for it. Fourth and goal from the two. A little over four minutes to play with the game tied. Um, I haven't heard this, so let's get the clip out of the way, and we'll come back and break it down. Here's John Harbaugh talking about that decision. You're putting them out there. You're putting your defense at a disadvantage because they've got four downs to convert all the way down the field and a chance to, again, score seven, and then you, you lose the game on a touchdown. So... And then the worst thing, the other thing you think you're going to get the ball at the two-yard line. So I'm very confident in our defense. Defense's ability to stop them down there with the ball on the two-yard line. So we got them backed up. If we don't get it, it didn't turn out that way, unfortunately, and we lost the game. So hindsight, you could take the points. But if you look at it analytically, I understand why we did it. So he's got two sides of his mouth, and he's equally talking out of them at the exact same time. He's saying I mean, that he liked his decision. He's saying he didn't like his decision. He's saying he likes his defense. He's saying he put his defense in a tough spot. What the hell is he saying? I'm sorry. Can you help me understand? I don't know. You answer me. He's saying, well, you put fourth down in play if you kick the field goal. You put fourth down in play if you score the touchdown. Like, I don't understand that. It's the fourth quarter with under five minutes to go in the game. Fourth down in a one-score game, fourth down's always going to be in play. Nobody's punting you the ball back. I mean, nobody's doing that. Not with Josh Allen. I'm not. Josh Allen's not putting the ball back to Lamar Jackson. I mean, this issue in this game was again the Ravens didn't score in the second half. Again, you know, they let the fourth quarter get away from them, and you know, it cost them the game. And and, and I think on a broader sense, on a bigger issue here, if I were if I were the general manager of the of the of the of the Ravens, I would say to John, John, every time we play against one of these really elite coaches, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator. When we play against them, we don't seem to have the same level of success offensively than when we play against someone else. Is it our offensive scheme or is it just we're catching a bad break because of the weather? Like that's what really would bother me the most. And is, was, is this a snapshot of the postseason? Because if it is – you know, we're not going to be able – we've played the game perfectly. We had the ball 38 minutes. They had it 20-some. We played it perfectly. But when we needed to make a play, we can't get the ball to Andrews. He only has two catches. Our leading rusher is still our quarterback with 11. Theirs was 11 too. So, to me, that's kind of what I saw. I don't get it. Like, he keeps standing in front of there. He went for it against, he went for it against Pittsburgh. I got that. His team was exhausted. Go for it. I didn't get this one. Kick the field goal, go up by three. Weather's kind of bad, right? Weather's bad. You trust your defense. I think teams play it a little less conservative when they're down three than when they're down four. I think they Ravens do. Is, yeah, I think I think you're making a good point. And that Ravens offense, so I'll follow this up with a question. They pulled the disappearing act over the final two and a half quarters after taking a 23 lead with right around four minutes left in the second quarter, Baltimore wouldn't score again. So is your question or your concern about Harbaugh or his offensive coordinator? 
I think it lies there in the offensive coordinator. I mean, they ran 21 plays in the fourth quarter. They had two interceptions. They got nine first downs they couldn't score. You know, meanwhile, Buffalo ran 15 plays in the fourth quarter. They had 15, they had five first downs, and, and they got three, the three points that won the game for them. So, like, to me, like, what, what are we doing? We got to put the game away. We had a chance to put the game away. And then here's the question I would have, and, and I don't really want to question the call. I question the theory of the, of the decision, but you got Lamar Jackson. Why are we dropping him straight back? Why don't we give him an RP, a run-up pass option? Why don't we misdirect the defense so that we have to make them defend his legs and his arm? Now, you could say, and I saw it, you could say the guy was open in the back of the end zone. I think he was, but I think Lamar had to get out of the pocket before that happened. What's up with Peters and Harbaugh? Marcus Peters apparently was going after Harbaugh. Do you know anything about that? Well, I mean, after the game, it's, I mean, I listened to John Harbaugh's interview this morning, and he was basically saying that they were, he was frustrated. I think, I mean, you know, players, are, players don't get the analytics. And the way he explained the analytics, I think it's a bad case for analytics. I really do. If, you, if analytics wants to defend that position, they need a better spokesman than Harbaugh did on that one. That whole yeah. it put fourth down in play, like, come on, give me a break. Fourth down's in play. Fourth down was in play when you got the ball. Yeah, that was double talk. He seemed a little shook there because he was contradicting himself when explaining the decision. But like you said, it's more about the theory. Okay, you can deal. In the end, we have to have a better explanation than, well, I'm not really sure because that's essentially what he said. Coming up next, we are sure Thomas Gable's going to join from the Borgata. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Hey, don't look now. Hockey's coming. NHL season prep guide is out. All 32 teams previewed. Stanley Cup playoff and point projections. Three things every new NHL better should know. So we've got you covered from the novice to the vet when betting NHL hockey. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here. Of course, week four concludes tonight. A nice little matchup, NFC West rivals with the Rams. A short little trip from L.A. up to San Francisco, taking on the 49ers. A long trip for me from L.A. to Atlantic City, where Michael uh, hangs out on the weekends with our buddy Thomas Gable. Thomas runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. He's our partner here on the Lombardi line. I've heard through the grapevine that the books didn't have a great day yesterday. Can you confirm, Thomas Gable? Uh, well, it wasn't a great day. We managed to keep our heads above water despite the Giants, the Jets, and the Eagles all covering. So wow. for us to do that on a day when that happens is uh, pretty decent. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a great day by any means. But, yeah, we, we managed a slight uh, slight win yesterday. Not Not much, though. And what was the what was your biggest liability going into the game on so, uh, the games on Sunday, TG? Well, I'll tell you, we um, the the Chargers was was a liability there, and that obviously at one point. Uh, I mean, I don't know coaching wise. There was obviously there's always seems to be some some coaching decisions that leave you scratching your head. Um, the charges were up so big in that, and then they decided to basically just run the ball, and uh, the Texans came back in that game. The Chargers ended up covering. Uh, so ended up losing a little bit on that. We did end up losing on the uh, the Lions and Seahawks game, um, and we, we ended up losing on the, uh, the Jets and Steelers as well. But uh, the Eagles game was sort of evenly bet uh, on the spread. We, we ended up losing a little bit there, though. And uh, of course, when the Eagles money line uh, comes in, and uh, all the all the parlays that the Eagles were were put in, so uh, those were kind of the games that we we lost on. But we, we certainly uh, came back in the late slate of games. Uh, the the Cardinals was a good decision for us. Uh, Raiders and Broncos was sort of a, a wash, and the Patriots and Packers that was a good decision for us as well. With um, uh, the Packers not being able to cover there, and even that game closed nine and a half. So, even if you took a, a six-point teaser there, uh, it didn't work out. So that that ended up 
pretty well. And the Buccaneers took some money late uh, last night. So in, even in the late game, we were okay. Although the total, uh, people were betting that total closed at 47 in the night game. And obviously that just flew over. You know, you know, I we, think something had, you just said. Go ahead, go, go ahead, ahead Mike. You finish. Well, no, we had such a long discussion about this Washington line and about all this offshore mm-hmm. betting. Did you end mm-hmm. up winning with that? Did you have more liability on Washington? We we actually did. We actually had uh, Washington money come in there, and that ended up being good. I mean, it closed at three, uh, and it stayed it stayed at three all week for us. Um, I know some places at three and a half there for a bit, but uh, we stayed at three and. Uh, never really uh, much in doubt when you watch that game. I mean, honestly, at this point, I think Washington is is right there uh, as possibly the worst team in the NFL at this point. They have so that's many. That's exactly issues. what. That's exactly what Felica just texted us. He said he has the Commodores as his worst team. So you're right there with him. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I would I mean, challenge in. I think Indies is. I think Indies bad too. I had India as my worst power rank team going into the weekend. Yeah, I think. Well, Michael, you're certainly ahead of uh, a lot of people on that on that one because India was still taking money yesterday. Uh, you know that game closed at four. We opened at three and a half, closed at four, and uh, we we needed the Titans. And uh, again, the Titans. That was another one where they did nothing in the second half, and and Indy still could not uh, uh, pull come that back. Out. Yeah, I mean, and I and for me, it was one of those I I didn't give that pick out like an idiot. I should have because I had the Titans should have to me the Titans should have been the favorite in the game based on my power rankings. They dominated. There were seven points scored in the second half in that game, and the Titans still won by what seven points. A um, couple things. One, Michael, your gut was on. It felt like a trap in Dallas, but Dallas wins by fifteen points. The clo- that total that the number closed three. Okay, so let's just go back to that. Your gut was right as far as that number being way off. And then two, something you said, Thomas, is fascinating to me because book ma- bookmaking is so regionally specific, meaning that different teams are going to be bet differently. And where you were yesterday for the Jets, the Giants, and the Eagles all to cover and you to profit is insane. Yeah, I mean that doesn't happen often uh, for sure, and. When those three teams win like that and and cover, it's uh, normally not a good result for us. But again, we managed to uh, to come out slightly ahead there. But going back to that Cowboys and Commanders game, you know, if I had a dollar for every single person that said to me, "This looks like a trap," this looks mm-hmm. like a trap. There, there's no there's no trap set out by bookmakers. Let's just be very clear on that. Um, we're going to put out a number that we feel is the correct number. The market is going to take it wherever the market takes it. And, uh, you know, I think people did get scared off of uh, betting the Cowboys. You know, almost everybody I talked to said, this game looks too easy. The Cowboys should absolutely destroy Washington. And then we had reports of, you know, a a group being in on the commanders around town here. Uh, We certainly got commanders money as well here. So uh, it's just, uh, I think it just scared a lot of people off of uh, their gut instinct, which was Dallas should be able to run away with this game. Yeah. I, and I'm count me as one of those guys. I was in that same boat. I, I didn't understand it. You know, and we talked about, cause to me, when I watched all the games yesterday, I'm saying like, what makes Baker Mayfield better than Cooper rush? Like why would Cooper rush be rated lower than Baker Mayfield based on the way they're playing? Why would Cooper Rush be rated lower than Justin Fields? You know, why would Cooper Rush be lower than Mitch Trubisky? Like, he actually plays better than all those guys. Like, who, why is Cooper Rush better than Daniel Jones, even though Daniel Jones is the best QBR yesterday in the league? You know, it's like, to me, it was a game of backup quarterbacks. And and to, to say, I mean, like, Cooper Rush or Carson Wentz, who do you want? Like, who was the better quarterback on that day? Wentz threw the ball like 42 times for 170 yards. Come on now. He's got no protection. They're gonna If they can't protect him, they're going to have to make a change with Heineke or Howell just because he's a statue now. Wentz is still playing like he has the athletic ability before the injuries, Michael, and he, he's just not the same player. 
And no, I don't think I, his offensive coordinator is doing him any favors. That is a weird. Nobody's weird doing him any favors. Nobody's managing the game there at all. They ran the ball effectively, yet they didn't. They threw it forty-two times. Like who's watching the game? It was a one-score game. I know the game got out of hand, but it was a one-score game. That, of course, they had yeah. one hundred and thirty-seven yards of penalties. I mean, I just looked it up on the break. Rivera's got twenty-seven wins in the last five years, but don't say a bad word about him, please. Don't. Shh. Keep it quiet. Keep it quiet. Um, we should now. have a quiet category. You're not allowed. To, you're not allowed. To, certain things you can't, can't talk about. Anything. Going forward on fourth down would be the number one part. Not taking the points as well. Uh, Thomas Gable runs the book there at the Borgata in Atlantic City tonight. Rams, 49ers. You're going to get a lot of action on this one. Who are you going to need? Right now, the uh, the Niners are favored by two. Uh, we opened at two. It went down to one and a half. Now back to two. Uh, totals come down from where we opened it at, at 44. It's down to 42 and a half. Uh, right now, the 61% of the money is on uh, San Francisco, but 60% of tickets is on LA here. So, obviously, the, the championship game rematch of the NFC last year. Uh, the Rams' offensive line as a whole, I, they just haven't played well this year. And I think the Niners' defense being you know one of the best in the league. Uh, it's it's going to be, I think, tough sledding for L.A. to move the ball effectively here. Outside of Cooper Cup, who always seems to put up numbers, this Rams offense, just they need to prove something tonight. And when you look at Shanahan's record against McVay since he's been in San Francisco, he's 8-3 and ATS, and 3-0 and ATS last season against them when they had Stafford. So uh, I think both these teams have issues on the offensive line. But, uh, you know, I think you have to go with Shanahan and, and lean on the San Francisco Niners in this one. One thing I will say, the Niners' offense was disgusting in Denver, and the Rams can contain the run. We'll continue capping this game. Hey, quickly, uh, before we say goodbye, you've got the horse racing handicapping um, contest there at the Borgata, and Felica, who's Mr. Horse Racing, is listening right now. Just give the information how people can sign up for the contest there at the Borgata. Sure, you can come in anytime now till next Saturday. The uh, the contest is next Saturday, uh, noon on Saturdays when registration closes. It's a uh, two hundred dollar buy in. A uh, hundred dollars goes to your bankroll for the uh, for the contest. You're the best, Thomas. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you Thank next you, time. TJ. Thanks, guys. Director of the race and sports book there at the Borgata in Atlantic City. They've got the best race book around. When we come back, Michael said something was off about that Patriots number catching nine, nine and a half. He was right. The Packers hold on in overtime. We'll discuss. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, football fans, you can turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. You just place a single first touchdown score prop bet on every Monday night football game. Hey, that's tonight. If your bet loses, you're going to receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and get ready. Remember, first touchdown score prop on Monday night football games. You get, what, 25 bucks back in free bets if you don't hit? pretty damn good call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available mississippi nevada or new york you got to be 21 or older to ride this ride we got you back here at lombardi line you know what's weird about as of course we've got the monday night matchup to close out week four tonight he's michael lombardi i'm patrick maher this is v sin the sports betting network we've got an nfc west rivalry with the rams and 49ers you know what's interesting about with these primetime games i don't know if anybody else control room michael michael's got the volume off I am so confused with the broadcast pairings now, like Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. I'm not sure who's on the games anymore because they've done such musical chair work. Yeah. I mean, it, it has no effect on me whatsoever. I just, yes, we know mute, you know, and You're go meditating. to the next one. But I mean, it's great though. I love it. I love having the games on. I love being able to, to, to do it. I mean, look, I, I think that this indie now, indie going to Denver, right? Let's just, let's just jump ahead here. It's a Monday. The line opened up, I think, at three and a half. Don't be surprised if that doesn't tick till 4-4. Four, four. I mean, this Colt team can't protect. Now, I would say this. It's going to be predicated on whether Randy Gregory's healthy. He got hurt late in that game. But if Gregory's healthy, like, and they're playing out there in Denver, I, I don't know how this works. It was a physical game. I mean, one thing about that Raider game yesterday, I, I don't know how much you watched of it, Patrick, but – the Raiders were physical in that tape. The they were game. really they got yes. after them, you know. So Denver's going to have a little bit yeah. of wear and tear on them. I give Denver, and I'll set up the number. I give, excuse me, I give Las Vegas and their coaching staff, and I'm not saying it because your son's there. I give them a lot of credit because that wasn't an 0 and three teams effort. They were way into it. The, I, I like the home field. They're not the an 0 three team there. though. That no, that, just like by the Giants are three games by fourteen team. points. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Just yeah. like the Giants are. If the Raiders went and played the Giants, the Raiders would probably be favored by four in 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 the Meadowlands, if unless they moved it to Don Bosco Prep Stadium. But or if and if the Ra if the Giants went out to Las Vegas, they'd probably be a five and a half point dog out there. You know, I mean, so, so the, what, the the records yeah. are are really meaningless. Now, I think the reason this number's low too is Williams. I mean, Denver losing Williams is significant. Their offense kind of got shut down after that. Plus, on third down, I mean, Russell wasn't very good on third down yesterday. So, Indy Denver's coming up in, what, three days? Indy Denver, Thursday night, kicks off week five in Denver. This number opened three and immediately got hit to three and a half. And everybody across the board, it's blanketed three and a half with Denver laying it. So, interesting. Yeah. So, what you're saying, just Pay synopsis, attention to Denver's coming yeah, Denver's coming back beat up, but Indy's headed to Denver as not a very good football team. Do you know that Jonathan Taylor, who, by the way, is banged up as well, that's important to keep an eye on him. You know he had 20 rushes for 44 yards? 42 uh, Patrick, yards. they can't move the ball. They can't block anybody. They have no power in their, their offense. offensive I don't line know what happened stinks to all of a sudden. It's horrible. It just got bad all of a sudden. I mean, right before my very eyes, it got bad. You know, and so I, I don't know what happened in that game. You know, I don't know what happened to the line, but they can't protect, and they got a quarterback who can't move, and so that compounds the problem. You know, and then defensively, look, they can't get a stop. I mean, they can't get a stop. You know, they 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 could turn the ball over last year, but they can't get a stop this year. 
I mean, Frank Reich, and he still keeps going for it on fourth down like it's no problem. Of course, you're allowed to go for it on fourth down. Nobody complains anymore except me. Shh. <laughs> 24-17 win for Tennessee on the road at Indy. Again, that number closed Indy four. It's, you know, it's such an up-down league. Indy with the win last week. You come back, betters back them, moves it from three up to four. Tennessee goes win, outright winner at Indy. And Indy looked terrible. It really, again, Indy's Tennessee looked didn't bad do all anything. Year. They, I mean, they, here we go. They, Let me give you have. Indy's turnovers. They, they turn the ball over twice. They, they tie that game. They turn the ball over three times against Jacksonville, lose. They turn the ball only once to the Chiefs. They win that game. Miracle, right? And then they turn it over three times against Tennessee. Is that good? Doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good to me. I mean, look, I, and now they're beat up. Shaq Leonard, had a, he went in the concussion protocol. You know, Jonathan Taylor's hurt. I mean, look, let's I think save. the one thing, let's just, let's just say ahead. this. What do the Detroit Lions teach us about the game today, right? What is it? What is it that the Lions have that makes them so good offensively? Is it Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator? Well, I think he's done a wonderful job. But let's not kid ourselves. This this Detroit team can has a really good offensive line, and football is still a game about the line. It's still a game about being able to block. It's still being able. And so, even though they're down a bunch of players. I mean, they were able to move the football. Not that Seattle's a great defense or not, but I think it proves the point that if you've got a bad – Bill and I were just talking about give credit to to Cincinnati, to Cleveland for how bad Baker looks now compared to how good he looked at times for them. And what's the difference? Well, they have Chubb. They had, they had Kareem Hunt. Okay, that's a big difference. No, I think the big difference is that the Cleveland's offensive line is better than, than Carolina, so they can run the ball and they took all the pressure off them. It's the same thing with Detroit. Detroit's offensive line, it teaches us that the game of football, going back to when Scott was in the Ralph Hay automobile dealership, it's about offensive alignment and defensive alignment. The best unit on the Lions football team is their offensive front, but the answer to the question, what do the Lions have? The Lions have grit. That is the answer to the question. It will always but, be the answer look, to they, the question. They moved the ball. I mean, they averaged – let me just – I mean, they the both teams were, like, incredible. S- Seattle averaged 7-1 a play in the game. I mean, just – it was incredible. Detroit Detroit was just as good. I think Detroit averaged – hold on, I got it right. Detroit averaged – oh, Seattle averaged 8-8 eight, eight yards per play. Detroit averaged 7-9 per play. I mean, it was like an inter- – it was like nobody – nobody. it was two-hand touch out there. Nobody was playing defense. Come on, Michael. Seattle scored 48 points on the Lions. We can stop talking never about the Lions as anything. They never punt. We can stop talking about them as anything but a disaster. Well, let's do this. Let's hold off on New England and Green Bay until, what, seven minutes from now, top of the hour, because there's a lot to break down there. But I want to ask you about the Chargers and Houston. There's some rumblings here in Los Angeles that maybe that Chargers team isn't buying into the coaching staff's message. I don't know. But here's what I will tell you. They end up covering a 34-24 win, but this was a weird game, a roller coaster. Chargers are up 21-0. Then all of a sudden you turn around, Houston's in it, 27-24, a chance to win the game. They got it back and they turn it over in the fourth quarter. You know, and, and it, a lot of it comes down to the Chargers. I, I, I gave, you know, we have this thing on the GM Shuffle called the David Ogilvy Award, which is who's a fraud. David Ogilvy was the greatest advertiser uh, a man in the history. He writ- wrote several books. Tremendous. We can learn a lot about his a- advertising acumen. They based Madman on him. And, you know, this Charger, to me, the Charger defense is fraudulent. I mean, they're just, a, they're advertised as great. We got Pro Bowl players on every level. We strengthen the middle of our defense. I mean, they, they couldn't stop anybody. They can't stop anybody the last two weeks. Jacksonville ran for 151. Houston just ran for 131. I mean, they're not good. And that's why he keeps going for it on fourth down. He keeps trying to go for it to cover up the sins of his defense so it doesn't look good. But, of course, he's gone for it 15 times. He's at 53%. Is that good, by the way? Mm-mm. Negative. I mean, no, no, I take that back. He's gone for it seven times. Only He's only made it three times. Is that good? No. He's cut way back on going for it, by the way. That's why. But he's still going for so it. So his whole philosophy has changed. 
Yep. He's still going for it. Changed. I mean, no, he's it's five for nine. It's, now that you had this week's game, he's five for nine. He's 55% on fourth down. I, are those good odds? I don't see that as good odds. By the way, the Chargers head to Cleveland. We can talk about Cleveland as well. Atlanta and Cleveland both two and two, which is wild. Atlanta, a 500 football team. The Chargers go to Cleveland. You want to take a stab at the number for next Sunday? I would say the Chargers favorite by two. Yeah, pretty close. Two and a half. Now books have moved the Chargers lane three on the road at Cleveland. I mean, it's Herbert versus Brissett, but I, I would take the Brownies at home. Home field I mean, they're going to get Garrett matter. back. You're going to get Miles Garrett back against no left tackle for the Chargers. Chargers on the road two weeks in a row. I, I, I mean, I think that's a tempting number. You're getting points. That's a pretty tempting number there. I mean, I know Brissett isn't great, but they can run the ball on anybody, and they will run it. I mean, the, the, this Charger team is 31st in the National Football League in yards allowed per rush. That's a key stat. Oh, and by the way, they're 32nd in yards gained per rush. They can't run it, talk- and they can't stop no, it. And they can't stop it. We talked about the road teams and home field advantage not mattering. The road teams were 7-6 and six straight up yesterday. The road teams 30-29-3 ATS this year. Home field is gone. We're back. Green Bay, we've got Aaron Rodgers talking about the team next here at Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 